Fancy Effect. Hello and welcome to Fancy Effect, the podcast where we pick one topic and do two stories about that topic. That's Rosa. And that's Mari. This week we're doing pilots because it's our pilot episode. <laughs> I'm not owning up to that terrible pun. I am. No, I'm not letting you take credit for it. Oh, okay. 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 Um, so this is going to be horrible. It's being recorded with From your... my computer's microphone because I don't have one because... It doesn't Because work. of a certain ape outbreak is happening and we can't go buy one. <laughs> uh, so, like, who's going to buy one also, right now? yeah. We don't um, know if this is going to take off. Yeah, so this is going to sound really good. Get it take off because it's the pilot episode. That's a bad uh, joke. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, this is yeah. our first episode. Yep. It's really bad. And it may be our last. Let's do an intro. An introduction and we talk about things. All right. What do we know about pilots? Um, not much. I've flown I an airplane when I, I was six. Lo- yeah. I have a lot of respect for pilots. It's stressful, but they just have to hit a button and then just chill for a while. No. <laughs> That's, I mean... You're undermining a very difficult career there, Rosa, but... That's not how you use the word undermining. It's fine. Um... <laughs> okay. <sighs> Sorry, there's a hair on your keyboard. Um... That's disgusting. So... Um, I don't like planes, they're scary. I haven't been in one for... No, I don't care about being in them. I just don't like the sound of them. (laughs) Nearly nine years. Um, Yeah, they're annoying. Yeah. But they are useful if you want to travel. Yes. It's a fun fact about planes here. Who invented planes? Uh, The Wright brothers. Yeah, who you were going to talk about. But I didn't, because who wants to hear about them again? I don't know what... I you actually haven't any, heard about them know at all. Anything about them? Name one fun fact about the Wright brothers. They invented planes. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is just going to be a podcast about us uh, laughing at our own jokes that are terrible. Um, that are terrible, and you're not going to laugh at them, and you'll get bored after about five minutes because we have very boring personalities. But or at least I'm one of us does. Gonna edit this down and don't look at me. There's a lot of oh. sibling rivalry happening here. Another sibling podcast. Wow. wow. They needed the that. Yeah, we okay. Oh uh, look we're so in sync. We're clearly not twins. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so So we are taking over the reign of the McElroys and the Green Brothers and making another sibling podcast. There are more sibling podcasts. I'm sure there, there are. There are plenty more, but that's just the ones, the ones that we're going to talk about. Okay, yeah. We don't talk about other people's podcasts. Maybe we will one day. We'll do a podcast episode. Oh, that's a good idea. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I could do like cereal or something. That's famous, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty famous. <laughs> I haven't even listened no, to that's it. That's why. Um, <laughs> wait, are we allowed to make a podcast we haven't listened to cereal? Oh, gosh. I well, feel let's like. Just, let's go listen to cereal. Okay. Sorry, we'll be back. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we just listened to every single episode of Serial. I think Smith did it. Yeah, it was Smith. There's definitely someone called Smith. Oh, probably. Okay. Every, every murderer is called Smith. Yeah. If you're honestly. Smith, if your name is Smith, you've murdered someone. If there's someone with the first name Smith, you are a murderer. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I'm. Hi, I'm Mari. My we voice. We probably have the same voices, right? No, you have a nasally voice, and I have oh, a nasally sh- voice. I speak like this. Yeah. I just <laughs> like these. Okay, shut up. I'm the same person. Okay, so um, if you ever, so, if we ever say something cool and referency, it's because we're teenagers and we're cool. Yeah, we're so cool. Um, we sh- watched The Lion King when we were fifteen. <laughs> you know, you haven't even been fifteen yet. I'm fifteen. I'm gonna You're say a baby. I'm fifteen. I am. 
nearly 15. You're 14 and a half. Uh, actually, actually, I'm 14 and a half. Actually, I'm I'm very grown up. I'm actually 16 and a three quarter, not quite three. And you don't act like it. Oh. <laughs> I know. I act like I'm the younger sister. Can I'm we get very self aware about it? Um, because I'm cool. And I'm just cooler and more Ro- responsible. Rose than is her. the cool. He wants. Someone call you my mum's sister. <laughs> that was really good. That was that was the best moment of my life. She was literally like, <laughs> like more than double your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Okay. okay. So. so... <laughs> I love you, oh, this rant has gone for six and a half minutes. It's okay. It'll be cut down to about five seconds. Mm, definitely. Is the intro long enough yet? Yeah, I think so. Podcasts always have long intros. Yeah, but no one likes long intros. Okay. I'm going to start. Okay. So we've been putting this off long enough. Yes. Pilots. Pilots. Okay. Keep in mind, Mari's report is going to be so much better than mine. It's like twice as long, but it's not going to be better. (laughs) I just, I'm good at rambling. I have this talent. Yeah, clearly. I can make. (laughs) Can I start? start. Please. You want to start? (laughs) Um, Okay. My person that I'm doing a report on. That Rose is doing a report on. James H. Doolittle is a person that I'm doing a report on. Um, Can I say something now? Yes. Doot. Okay. His name is Doot. So. <laughs> who, um, who the hell is James Harrod, Harrod Doolittle? It actually... It, I think it's Harold. I'll tell you. <laughs> it says it right on your screen. Okay. I'm trying to get away from, from me. So, um, is this guy interesting at all? Oh, you talk so much quiet. I decided that we'd do... No, you decided. That I decided. That we'd do a quote at the start of each report. Okay, so my quote, I could only find in like three websites, so it might not be him. I have a simple philosophy. Worry about the, those things that you can fix. If you can't fix it, don't worry about it. Accept it and do the best you can. That is a pretty good philosophy. Um... But Which I great. absolutely do not live by. It's like, oh, there's a piano falling from the sky. I can't do anything about it. Well, it's just that. Oh, no, the gas meter's broken. Well, I can't fix it. <laughs> um, yeah, but his other quotes were pretty bad. So they were like communists. I don't know. Is he a communist? I don't know. I don't think so. <gasps> Sorry, I'm not looking at your screen. I know. No, that was the thing that I was... Whatever. Okay. How do you so, even know what I saw? Okay. Because you gasped and it, nothing on this is interesting. <laughs> okay. So, our guy. Oh, sorry. So, the first. Our guy. Is he my guy? Yes. Is it your guy? <laughs> so, our guy? <laughs> so, most of this I got from airspacemag.com. And history.com. Britannica. Wiki. Wikipedia. Uh, Wikipedia. It really annoys me when people say wiki, I but call I just... it wiki. Okay, Sorry. shut up. That's how um, you sound. And history.com, which is the best website ever. No, I have like no information on my person, but you know. Oh, your person's dumb. Um, James, uh, his nickname was Jimmy Doolittle, Aww. was born on December 14th, 1896, so he's a bit old. Um, okay. He's an old man. <laughs> in... We'll get to that. Oh. Um, in... Is he not an old man? <laughs> yeah, he's a vampire. <laughs> um, so, he was born in... I don't know how to pronounce this. Alam- Let me see, where is it? Alameda? Um, Alameda. Is that what you said? They're from California. Is that American accent? So, they're from Alameda in so, California. What, the one American who's like, hey, this looks interesting, let me listen to that. Okay, we're really sorry. They left. I'm Bye. really sorry. <laughs> we'll see you later. But, um, 
I don't think you sound like that. We're not American, can you tell? Yeah, well, you've probably tried to do an Australian accent once, yeah. and I'm offended. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm offended. Okay, can I act? I've read about one sentence. Okay, I I'm haven't so even sorry. read oh a sentence. God, this podcast is going to go for years. I'm so sorry. Uh, editing. editing. Okay, oh, so. I've edited it. I'm just gonna start again. James Harold Doolittle, also known as Jimmy Doolittle, was born on December 14th, 1896 in Alameda, California, but moved to Alaska when he was young, where he lived for most of his childhood, and I read somewhere that his parents ditched him after they moved. Oh. Um, but anyway, oh. like, when he, I think when he was grown oh, up. Dude. But anyway, so his parents were named Frank Henry Doolittle, and get this, Rosa, Serena, Shepherd, but right? Oh my god! You didn't read that before. That's so weird. No way! Did you abandon your child, Jimmy? Yes. Jimmy, do I think it was when he was growing up? But anyway, did you leave Dude behind? So, poor Dude. Doolittle. Should we explain the Dude thing? And I kept writing Dude instead of Doolittle. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I've done that before. Yeah. But not about this doodle. I, I don't know anything doodle. about doodle. his first aeroplane on a school excursion in 1910 when he was like 13 or 14 <sighs> what i was i was just like oh my person is about planes too <laughs> really <sighs> okay. okay you're very annoying at yeah. school um he had a reputation of being a boxer and a gymnast that sentence doesn't make much sense but uh, i could reword it well enough um no. so that's cool his father taught him boxing, I think, or something. He went on to study at Manual Arts High School of California and after graduating attended Los Angeles City's City College. After this, he went on to study at the School of Mines in California. Is that where they, you learn how to be a mine? Um, I actually don't know, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, is it... Um, is, do you actually have to look it up? I'm gonna. Okay. School of Mines... It's a public research university focused on science and engineering. Oh. I mean, that's cool. That is pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, just so, start reading your French homework. That's no. Boring. One more thing about his early life. Okay, tell me. We're very close to the end of this paragraph. Oh, really? Uh, so it mentions in airspacemag.com that when he was just 15... Magazine. It just says mag. Okay. So when he was 15... Oh, it's a website. He built a glider, jumped off a cliff... And subsequently <laughs> crashed. No. And then he died. That's my end of my report. Oh, well. No. Okay. So, seemingly unfazed by this, he rebuilt said glider and went on to jump once again. He crashed again. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, he was Did fine, he... I think. But... Uh, <coughs> so this time, he couldn't repair his glider. How sad. Oh. Um, was that the one interesting thing you did his whole life? Pretty much. Okay. I'm kidding. That was a joke. So, in 1917, at the age of 20 or 21, you this is like you all You could have from... done the maths for that. Well, no, because he was born in December. Ah, uh, well, that's so, yeah. a mood. So I was not born from... in December. <laughs> this was is from history.com and Wikipedia. This cool. next paragraph, just if you want to. Wow, you really, you really did do your references yeah. oh we're gonna put our references in the description because we're good researchers oh yeah if you want to know where this is from ghoul will expel us if we don't do that 
Oh, now I'm worried, Mari. Let's not talk about our school at all. Yeah, don't know anything about our school. If you're at our school, go away. <laughs> this isn't going to be famous Unless we ask you listen. Enough for people to listen to it, so... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this bit's actually good. So, um, Doolittle became a flying cadet of the US Army and trained at the School of Military Aeronautics. Can't relate. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he soon started flying on his own and instructing flight gunnery. During World gunnery. War One, As in guns? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's what it said on the thing, and I was confused as well. Okay, so during World War One, he continued instructing... Don't, don't, stop. I'm not looking. I was looking at my thing. Uh, instructing other pilots in flight and combat. As well as this, he was earning his war service at a camp with the beautiful name of Camp Dick, which was named after John Dick, so don't worry about it. My nose just exploded. <laughs> yeah, I got all of the next, like, paragraph or so. Oh, yeah. Or at least most of it. Okay. I think I got some from other things, but, okay. I'm sorry, from. I keep talking. Continue your thing. Beachesmuseum.org. So, I think... Someone called Alex wrote this. I remember that. I'm called Alex. No, you're not. <laughs> I can't relate. <laughs> That's going to be a thing, isn't That's it? That's going to be my catchphrase. Can't relate. I cut that out because then it won't be funny later. Can't relate. That's because I'm close to the computer and you have a quiet voice. <laughs> We've gone 20 okay. minutes. I'm oh, sorry. You can edit it <laughs> out. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> In 19... 19- okay, so now let's move on to more of his... Nope. Now let's move on to more. His, oh, shut up! <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so now let's move on to some of his more interesting feats. In 1922, Doolittle broke a world record by flying from Pablo Beach, which is currently known as Jacksonville Beach. Jacksonville. Uh, I don't know what sports team plays there, but let's go. I thought it was music people played there, and they're going, "What's up, Jacksonville?" But maybe that's. Um, maybe. I don't know anything about America. Jacksonville, like tigers. Where or... is San Diego Bulls? Bulls. Okay. <laughs> and That's not and he flew. Okay, so he flew from Jacksonville Beach to San Diego. San Diego. Like, he flew. Yeah. And what did he do? He broke world record. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't paying that much attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped only once in San Antonio for a fuel stock up, I think. Um, so he flew from September 4th to 5th. Uh, in 1922, and about 2,270 miles, cool. or approximately 3,650 kilometers, if metric. But metric system like is the bomb. Three people use the miles system anymore. Yeah, no one knows what it's called. Even the so. mile system. <laughs> okay, so a lot of this is quiet. I'm gonna have to work out how to fix that. Um, okay, so he flew about 3,650 kilometers in 21 hours, averaging about. 170 kilometers per hour. I'm not going to say the miles one. That's okay, breaking. It's 150 miles per hour. Oh, wow, you're so smart. I'm totally not reading off my thing. I'm actually really smart. I converted it in my head with the maths that I have. Yes, totally. Thus breaking an aviation world record for the first person to go coast to coast in less than 24 hours. Hmm. So he did that in 21 hours. Um, but this wasn't his first attempt. In August 1922... Doolittle prepared to begin the same flight, but when he started, the huge crowd that had gathered watched as the plane got caught in the sand and veered, of course, <laughs> straight into the ocean. <laughs> so, <laughs> mood. Yeah. Mood. I'm sorry, I was like, stop saying mood. In Can't order, relate. Oh my god. In order to prepare for these flights, he had to make some adjustments to his plane. 
Do you want me to give you a second? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing... I'm just picturing the whole, like, a whole ass plane just, like, going into the water. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So... <laughs> In order to prepare for both of his flights, he had to make a few adjustments to his plane. So he had to strip the plane of anything heavy. This was because he had to make room for the 285-gallon fuel tank that was to be used. <laughs> My person did that too. Aww, cute. <laughs> so as well as this, he invented a funnel and tube attachment called the pilot dehydrator. What? But you want... Oh. Which seemed to be the earliest airplane <laughs> toilet to be made. <laughs> I'm like, we don't want to be dehydrated! Oh! <laughs> um, for his achievements, he was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross. Don't know. Did you also get that? Oh! <laughs> okay, so in the previous year, in 19... Sorry, stop I'm... reading my report! <laughs> really so funny. in the previous year, in 1921, James Doolittle was involved in an expedition to recover a plane that had crashed in Mexico. After finding the plane, Doolittle retrieved a replacement motor along with four mechanics to help with the recovery. He retrieved four mechanics. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he just <laughs> grabbed a few mechanics off you the ground and, and, well, and ooh. You. Like, Hold on, you've been a mechanic! Sorry, you're coming anyway, boy! <laughs> you can't fix what you don't know! So. <laughs> um, don't worry about the things you can't fix! Nice throwback, Mark. That's what I was trying to reference. It didn't work. Okay. That's why he got the mechanics. Alright, so after he found the mo the new motor that he got unserviceable, he used carrier pigeons to request to request <laughs> two more pressure gauges. What? I thought he was gonna use the carrier pigeons to carry the plane! <laughs> so that was fun. Um Yeah, so he was after this, he was able to fix the plane and float himself back to Del Rio in Texas. Where's that? In Texas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next paragraph I got mostly from allthat'sinteresting.com, which is I very good. I love that website. It's very good. It's very interesting. <laughs> Horror. Okay, so history.com as well. I also love got it from there. History.com is the best. So another famous achievement was the Doolittle Raid, which is his most famous thing. Also known as the Tokyo Raid. He raised them. He raided the Tokyo. Um, <laughs> I hope that gasp was audible. Here, let me do it again. <gasps> I'm not going to cut that out and put it back. <laughs> yes, you are. I can't. Okay, so another famous achievement was the Doolittle Raid, aka the Tokyo Raid. Mm -hmm. This, unsurprisingly, was a raid led and planned by the now Lieutenant Colonel, which I keep reading as Colonel, and I'm going to stop doing <laughs> that, James Doolittle, our friend, in 1942, as a revenge for the many losses the US had faced against Japan in World War II, and was the first attack made by America on the Tokyo mainland. You want to say something? Because you keep interrupting me in between sentences, so I have to start again. No, I just had to burp. Cool. Um, That's what my breathing in was. <laughs> the plan was to send 16 bombers from the Pacific Ocean to Japan, where they would release the bombs over six different cities before moving t forward toward forward toward China. <laughs> I, wore, I wrote forward too, but whatever. Uh, the raid killed approximately 50 people, with civilians included, but didn't really affect the Japanese land at all, so, oh. you know, it didn't really do much oh. other than kill some people that were well, innocent. What? Um, <laughs> didn't do much. Only killed a couple people. Okay, so mm. the 15 bombers that made it to China all crashed 
when they ran out of fuel. I'm reading this thing again just because you're being annoying. Uh, and the 16th made it safely to the Soviet Union. There were 80 crew members of the raid, and just three died from the crash. Out of okay. this, yeah, but out of this number, eight were captured and killed by the Japanese army. So eleven of them died all up. That's Still, only out of eighty. That's only you know. So sixty nine survived. Nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> so after the raid, like seven percent died. Don't fact check that. After the raid, Doolittle was awarded the Medal of Honor, and was promoted to Brigadier General. He did <laughs> think that he did think that he was going to be. You know, demoted or something, but instead he was promoted and given a Medal of Honor. So that's super that's nice good. of them. So Brigadier General, I'm Brigadier. jealous. Unfortunately, the oh, indirect no. death count of the raid was much higher, as the Japanese sent battalions to kill two hundred and fifty thousand of the Chinese who they believed helped the bombers. Oh wait, did they help them? I'm not sure. If they didn't, that's very mean. Um, if they did, it's also a bit mean. Although that might not be true, because I only found that in one source. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> James Doolittle was awarded around 30 medals throughout his lifetime, including the aforementioned Medal of Honor. Go, dude! Um, <laughs> and others such as the World War I Victory Medal, the World War II Victory Medal, and the Medal of the Armed Forces. Sounds like he did things in his life that I was listening to the whole time. He did. If I ever don't interrupt you, it's because I zoned out. Cool. <laughs> um, he was able to rise through the ranks from Private First Class of the U.S. Army to General of the Air Force Reserve and fought in and survived both world wars and possibly more wars. Um, there weren't any other world wars during that time. Other wars. Oh, well, there during that time. During that time. <laughs> in 1959, Doolittle retired from his position of Lieutenant General at the age of 62 or 63. That's a Again, he was born in December, retire. so. Go him. Um, and, be- and became an executive at Shell, as he was oh. previously. I don't think it means the sh- Shell, the diesel order company. It might be. They do other things. Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Uh, I don't so know yeah. what other things He they did do, do that but... before, so he returned to that position. 26 years later, I Didn't think... he retire? And so his retire- No, he retired from the position of Lieutenant General. And so his re- retirement plan was to go and get another job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the opposite of the point. Well, he was he liked working, this guy. You should see oh. a picture of him. So twenty 20- Can I see a picture of him? Yeah, sure. Uh I'll look it up later. Um so on our Instagram page. Uh so twenty six years later. You can hear you typing when you Yeah. Look at him when he's old. Wait, you wanna see a really cute picture? Hang on, I'll see if I can find it. Is that the one where he is that got This is some great God. podcast material. Is that the one where he a picture of him? Is there a video of him? Oh this way. Look at this! He's got his little medal! He wasn't the greatest person because he killed a bunch of people because he was in war, but um... Everyone in war killed a bunch of people. He was a little bit adorable. Oh, and that's um, the president guy. Or that one. Oh, is he? One of them is the president guy. that guy looks like a president. Please don't kill us. Uh (laughs) We love you, America. Don't go to war with us. Sorry, I'm going to have to cut out the image thing because great podcast material. Oh no, it's really fun. Just keep it in. So... So... Uh, tw- uh, 26 years later, in 1985, Ronald Reagan... Or Reagan? Ronald Reagan? What did you read it as? I said Reagan. <laughs> so, 26 years later, in 1985, Ronald Reagan... Reagan. The president at the time gave him the promotion to General of the Air Force Reserve when he was 88. Oh, was Ronald Reagan president? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, that's that's that picture. 
So a bit about his family. <laughs> in 1917, James Doolittle married Josephine E. Daniels, and they later had two sons, James, James Jr. and John. Aww. A fun fact about John, just real quickly, Aww. he named his son James Doolittle. Because <laughs> he was the one that wasn't named after his father. Oh, poor John. Um, it might John. have been after his brother, who we're going to find about right oh, now. No. Uh, they both went on to be pilots themselves. So James Jr. Yeah, good for them. James Jr. became... We call him James Jr. James Jr. became a major and commander of the 524th Fighter Bomber Squadron. That is a lot of Fighter Bomber Squadron. <laughs> Before he probably committed suicide oh! in 1958 oh, when no! he was 38. Oh. So his death was questioned, though, by the oh. Air Force. As there was no suicide notes, which isn't, like, that big of a deal. And the gunshot wound... No, I'm not saying suicide notes aren't that big of a deal. Oh. I'm saying that, that, you know, some people... Yeah, we know what you mean. Um, so... We all understand. Sorry, this is, <laughs> this is actually serious. I'm sorry, yeah. So, no, this is actually really sad. Um, like I, I said, his death was questioned by the Air Force. Uh, there were no suicide notes. And the gunshot wound, like, they weren't certain it was... Um, self-inflected, and also it might have been accidental. <laughs> oh no! Um, takes after his father. <laughs> so I got all that information from a clipping from newspapers.com. I got a little bit distracted because there was all these old ads for washing machines and like <gasps> I love that. And there were a bunch of drugs. Oh, there was like a thing, and it was saying, "Oh, we're selling you know drugs and stuff." And like it had what? like a like no like like supermarket like, like Canada's some Canada's no Canada's <laughs> sorry. Would you like some Canada's? <laughs> that was a pretty good that was Canadian accent. Very good Canadian accent. If you're from Canada, don't at us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I just continue for a second? Yeah, you can continue for um, a second. <laughs> One. Okay, now it's my turn. <laughs> but yeah, no, there was like this whole row, and it's like, oh, we're selling um, pharmacy grade drugs. Um, but at that time, it probably was cannabis. And oh, it was. There was like Pepto Bismol on it. So I'm like, that's that's cute. They had that. Yeah. So, but there was when a was picture little... of a baby above it, just going drugs. <laughs> It's really cute. Okay, oh. wait, I have a story. When I was little, I used to really, really like the taste of Panadol, and every time I was sick, I'd, like, hope and pray that I would get some Panadol, just because I love it, loved it so much. <laughs> oh, that's so disturbing. The anyway. thing that I found was from the 11th of April, 1958. That's the drug t- child. I don't. They can't see me. Su- I declared everything. Super drug mart. <laughs> Geritol. Pepto Bismol. Forty seven cents, by the way. That's, That's great. Pretty good deal. Anison. Brile cream. Somanex. That's pretty expensive. Alka Seltzer. We give harvest wine. premium stamps. Oh, we got some premium stamps. And look at all these Aww. seat covers. Oh, I love Cute all ads. Dishwasher brush. <laughs> look at that one. Uh, this is good, good radio. I know. Oh, look, some people just standing there. <laughs> Air Force probes, death of Doolittle. Um, yeah, so this, yeah, that's the sort of thing that I was getting from. <laughs> yeah. That's um, sad. Yeah. I don't know anything about him, but he seemed like a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, so he was 38. Okay. Um. So I have a lot less... What happened to his daddy? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Um, out, just about his uh, other son, John. Yeah. Uh, he was other a colonel John. before his retirement. 
Uh, but Colonel. <laughs> but he wasn't quite as high of an achiever as his father is bro- and brother, and I couldn't find Aww. any more information about That's him. That's so relatable. So <laughs> That's me. That's a bit sad. Um, so most Aww. of his sons had a bit of sad lives. Aww. Okay. What, did he die? I mean, he was born in 1930 or something, so probably. There were a lot Sorry. of John Doolittles. Wait, something again, I burped. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Okay, so, on 27th of September, 1993, at the age of 96, Doolittle died. Oh, <laughs> um, he I passed didn't think away. that was going to happen. Like, yeah, he was born in 1896. Yeah, I thought he might be still kicking. <laughs> he still looked like kind of, I mean, he crashed into cliffs or something. What did he do? He Yeah, he jumped off a cliff, fell into the ocean. Look, I'm... He rode a plane to the ocean when he was alive. Fun stuff. And now... Now, now he's dead. dead. <laughs> On September... 27th of September, 1993, at the age of 96. Oh, that's like a few days after your birthday. Before my birthday. September, Mari. Oh, I thought you said November. Um, now everyone knows your birthday. It was likely caused by his old age because he was 96. Um, That's he was... pretty old, especially for 1930. Yeah. Was it 1930? No, 1993. Oh, that's um, fine. I changed my mind. It's not that old for 1993. <laughs> 96 is pretty old. Okay. Wait, he got a line in 1993? That doesn't make sense. It's not like that. No, because he was born in 1990-something. He was born in 1990. He was, he was born in 18... And he died in 1993 at the age of negative four years old. He was born in 1896. So, like, at the very end of the 1800s. But he didn't quite make it Aww. to the 2000s. He didn't get a letter from the Queen. Experience that fun. I know, four years off. She was a little queen by then. Like, she was like, I don't know. 60? I don't know how old the queen is. Don't, don't she quote Rosa good. on that. Don't at Rosa. Age. So yeah, queen is beautiful. Let's continue. He was buried next to his wife, Aww, who had died five years previously. Uh, they were buried in the Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia, which is also the burial place of John F. Kennedy. So he had relations to oh, two of the he's presidents. He's friendly. No, oh. that was the other one. Oh, was that one his friend? Yeah, that was the Reagan guy. Oh, was that Abraham Lincoln? JFK? No. Reagan... Oh yeah, Ronald Reagan. Is JFK someone else? There's probably a no. different JFK. Well, probably, but no. Don't at me though. I actually don't know anything about America. Stop movie. saying don't at me. Yeah, you're right. That's been okay, annoying. Mario, I'm one sentence off the end. Okay. <laughs> his gravestone mentions his Medal of Honor and his achievements of fighting in the wars. Good for him. So that was interesting. Um, yeah, that was my report on James H. Doolittle. He was a cool dude, I think. He did a lot of stuff. People, but he was in a war. He killed some people. Uh, good for he him. He did some stuff. My finger's tiny, so I'm doing my headphone. So you can't read it and get spoilers. Yeah, okay. Should we start with a quote and then I'll tell you who it is? Yeah, let's start with a quote. Okay, Why not? so the quote is kind of not as fun as yours. Your <laughs> I, I had trouble finding a quote that I hadn't already used in <laughs> the story. Mm-hmm. So, the quote is, adventure is worthwhile in itself. Which is cute. That's cute. That's like, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. <laughs> that was a very good white oh my girl? God, Rebecca <laughs> voice. Cool. Um, so, who are you doing? Oh, should I say what I'm doing? I'm doing the great the missing Amelia Earhart. Ooh. Ooh. Amelia Earhart. Is she still alive? More famous no, than my like, oh, Jimmy guy. She would have broken a world record for being the oldest person alive if she was still alive. 
Anyway, so cool. Um, <laughs> she was born in Canvas at a young age. Canvas. <laughs> <laughs> she was born at a young age in Kansas. <laughs> On July 24th, 1987. How old was she when she was born? Ah, uh, zero. A young age. That's wow. a very young age. <laughs> I actually wrote that. Um, to her father, Samuel Edmund Stanton. Earhart. Earhart. <laughs> it's spelled like that. I'm not going to judge you. Um, and her mother, Amelia, or Amy Earhart. I'm going to say Earhart. Just be aware of that. Wow, that's such a coincidence. Her mother had the same name as her. I know. Well, her, actual, her original, her mother's maiden name, is that what her last name is if she's not married? Yeah. Her maiden name was Otis, I think. That's cool. I yeah. like that name. Oh, she okay. was born Elsa. to her father. Um, well, she was actually born to her mother. Oh! She was born from her mother to oh. her father. <laughs> Cat <laughs> <laughs> That's how I speak because it was 1897. Um, although she spent most of her childhood in the care of her grandparents, as her parents also abandoned her. That's not true. Um, okay, she did not abandon her, him. I know. Um, her father was trying to establish his career. Cool. So these guys were born quite in quite similar years, right? Yeah, at a young age. Yeah, they were both born at a young age. I know, that's a lot in common. They actually have a lot in common. But yeah, they were born like a but year like, apart. Imagine yeah. if they met each other. That'd be cute. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Um, yeah. Her mother didn't believe in raising her children as nice little girls. And so, she um, sounds fun. <laughs> well, as yeah, as in like she didn't want them to be like yeah, right. Like, traditionally fem, like feminine, I guess. Like she didn't want them to have to like conform to the constructs of society at the time. Okay. But, well, she sounds <laughs> fun. She's like she's, she actually cool. she sounds cool. But, cool. Anyway, yeah. and so um, Amelia and her sister uh, Grace, who called herself Pidge at the time, which oh, is that's the cutest so little nickname. It's like oh yeah, and they they tended to not enjoy the things that the, which were at the time considered very feminine, so like playing with dolls and I don't know, whatever else they were supposed to do. Sorry, am I speaking too quietly? Do we speak louder? Okay. So yeah, she did things, I get Yeah. That's okay. cool. Yeah, sorry. Um, so she was nicknamed Mealy, um, Aww. and she and her sister, like M-E-E-L-E-Y so like Mealy. Like really meal Anyway, and so um um, okay, so Amelia and her sister Pidge spent most of their early childhood playing outside, collecting bugs and toads, shooting rats with a shotgun that they had. Um, that sounds like a true American childhood. <laughs> taking, taking a sled down, taking a sled down hills. Uh-huh. Okay, in 1904, I don't know how she'll, she'd be Was then. it snowing when like she 10. took a sled down hills? <laughs> no, just like down, no, not, not at a snow, she'd just like go down grassy hills. That's so stuff. sad. Uh, Anyway, so in 1904, she and her uncle built a ramp on the rooftop of the family tool tool shed. Tool shed. And (laughs) she flew down it inside of a wooden box, which is often described as her first flight. Um, That's so cute. After the climbing out of the broken box she landed in. Wow. Was she okay? Yeah, she's fine. She, I think she had like a cut lip and like bruises, but she was like fine apart from that. And her uncle did that for her. Yeah, thanks, Uncle. Um, she shouted to her sister, "Oh, Pidge, it's just like flying," Aww. which is really cute. Oh, Pidge, it's just like flying. That's the perfect voice, except it needs to be more childish. That sounds like a twenty-year-old woman. <laughs> okay. In 1907, her father secured a career as a claims officer for the Rock Island Railroad. It seemed the family's finances were finally improving, acquiring oh, a new house, two new servants, <laughs> all this fun stuff. And so yeah, two she got new servants. Two well, two servants in general, and so they all got to move in together and 
They got to have a happy, happy rest of her childhood. I'm sure this is going to last. Just kidding. Um, it soon be- soon became clear that Edwin, who'd always had trouble with alcohol, was a raging alcoholic. Oh, um, hey. The the railroad forced him to retire so he could rehabilitate, and he never got his position back. Um, what happened now? Some more yeah. fun stuff. I'm well, sure he recovered. He, did, he, he, and re- were all good. he managed to require a position as a clerk for the Great Northern Railway, which is interesting. Good for him. He wasn't a resident. He was a lawyer, but he did lots of railway stuff. I don't really know. <laughs> Maybe like, that was. You're going to court railway. You killed her, didn't you? <laughs> you did lawyer. it. But I think that. Or it could have been Amelia's grandpa. The website I was reading didn't make it very clear. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Cool. It doesn't really matter. Anyway. <laughs> I'm really hungry. <laughs> you can wait for the next hour. I'm stop interrupting me because this is a long report. Um, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, um, he, requ- he acquired a position at the Great Northern Railway, moving the family to St. Paul, which I read as Spall, um, in Minnesota, where Amelia began her years in high school. <laughs> At Central High School. <laughs> um, this lasted until Edwin, the oh, wonderful dear. father, applied for a transfer to a new job, which he didn't get because someone who retired got the job back or something, and he didn't. And then the other job didn't want him anymore because he acquired for a different job, and so once again, he was unemployed. Oh my god, this sounds like a so good guy. Finally, after like. A billion, billion years. I don't know how many it was, I didn't write the dates. Um, Amy, Amelia's mother, decided enough was enough and moved herself and her daughters to Chicago to live with a friend. I think maybe he came with her. That also wasn't very clear in any of the websites I looked at. (laughs) Because they they were still married. I think they got a divorce in like 1917 or something like that. Yeah. When looking for a school to go to, Amelia set the requirement that the school must have a good science program, rejecting the the school nearest to her because it looked... Sorry, because its chemistry lab looked quote just like a kitchen sink. Um, yeah. So she selected to go to Hyde Park High School, but did not enjoy her time there. Do you know what the yearbook said about her? What they called her the girl in brown who walks alone. Oh, that's me. Um, but brown was her favorite color, so that's okay. Ugh, I don't like her anymore. Oh, okay. So, she graduated in 1916 and went to the Ugons School in Rydell, Pennsylvania to begin her university education. Okay. In 1916, she took up work as a nurse after seeing wounded soldiers returning from the war. The Spanish flu pandemic hit the USA soon after, um, and so she took up duties um, treating the affected patients. And then, not long after that, in November that year, she got the illness herself. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. And was hospitalised for two months. Um, during this time, she received several operations to clear out her maxillary sinus, which had become infamous. I know, right? But hers was botched. Um, and oh, so she had dear. a bunch of operations, and none of them really worked that well. She didn't do Oh, I don't know what her nose looked like. It looked fine in the little pictures I saw, but it yeah. affected her sciences for the rest of her life. Um, she literally, well, really bad. Like as in, like when she was on planes, she had to put like a drainage tube in in her nose while she was flying. Sometimes, well, that's was really disturbing. Bad. And she was getting operations on her for the rest of her life. So yeah, she spent a year living with her sister, recovering, writing poetry, learning the banjo, and studying mechanics. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I think she always had an interest in mechanics. I couldn't work out when, but at some point she 
did a mechanics program, I think around the time she dropped out of uni, I don't really know. Um, so as a child, um, her father, Amelia, sorry, Amelia, wait, <laughs> her father, Amelia, <laughs> when Amelia was a child, her father took her to see a plane at a fair, um, she was completely uninterested and she was like, um, can we go back to the merry-go-round? Oh, that's me. Father, take me back to the merry-go-round. I am bored sick of this aeroplane stuff. Um, she was British. <laughs> yes, she was. No, she wasn't. She, and then she began to show an interest in planes around 1920, um, when she attended an air show and took a 10 minute flight from Frank Hawkes. Um, who was who eventually became a pretty relatively famous air racer. This flight changed her life forever, she says later of it. Um, as soon as I left the ground, I knew that I myself had to fly. So cute. I know. Um, so yeah, she began to save up money, taking up work as a photographer and a truck driver and other stuff. She did a lot of photography. Cool. Um, Dad would be happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> and soon had enough to afford flight lessons from Nita Snook. Which is that's the best name I've friends, ever heard. Her friends called her Snooky, um, and she was a pioneer female flight av- aviator. Aviator, aviator, aviator. And who the hell says aviator? Sorry. Oh. Okay, sorry. You. Okay. To get to lessons, she had to catch a bus to the end of its route, then walk six kilometers, four miles for you Americans, to get to Ew. the airfield. So every single morning, I don't know if it was every morning, but every time she wanted to go do this, and. Then walk for six kilometers oh my God. to go fly a plane. Fun! She yeah. sounded dedicated. So she worked really hard to become the pilot she looked up to so much, reading every single thing she could about flying, cutting her hair short. And so she got this new leather jacket and thought everyone was going to judge her. And so she, like, for it being really new looking, she slept in it for three nights in a row. Oh. So it looked like it, was, it had been worn for a long time. That's so cute. Okay, I kind of love her. She's, like, super sweet. Um, she really wanted other other pilots to think of her as an equal and not like a newcomer to the piloting yeah. community because like she like hadn't really been interested in planes until she was like twenty or something. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, after a bit of a shaky start, crashing near his plane into a row of trees. <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone's great at flying, so let's try this, I guess. Um, she began to get the hang of flying. Um, Nita actually later said that she was like. Maybe I misjudged her skills. Maybe maybe I shouldn't be teaching her. And then they ended up she ended up continuing her lessons and um she began to do her flying. Aww. So literally like six months after she began flying. In the summer of nineteen twenty one, she purchased a bright yellow Kinner Airstar biplane, which is apparently a type of plane. Well, I believe it's called Biplane. Biplane. A biplane. Um, it's a bright yellow, and she named it the Canary. Oh, that's is so cute. Thank you. Um, and then in 1922, less than two years after she began flying, she flew the Canary to an altitude of 4.3 kilometers. I wrote KS, which is not that. That's not oh, how it's KM. <laughs> yeah. Um, or 14,000 feet for you Americans. Um, stop saying that. <laughs> breaking the record for female pilots at the time. Got a world record. Good for um, We've both got yeah. world records. Yeah. yeah. Both of us have world records. Thank you. I was not. Um, and then in 1923, she was actually issued a pilot's license, which you think she should have had if she was flying to 43 yeah. kilometers. <laughs> That's fine. Um, oh, well. Becoming one the 16th woman in the US to receive one. Sorry if you can hear the dog barking. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. That's me. I'm the dog. Um, 
plot twist. <laughs> Um, in 1924, her grandmother's inheritance died. Her grandmother died a while ago. Her grandma was also called Amelia Earhart. <laughs> Line of Amelia but Earhart. That was, that was her other grandma. Right, on her dad's side. Yeah. That would be a total yeah. coincidence. This is her mum's mum. Her inheritance ran out after a failed investment in a gypsum mine. It wasn't the grandma who did that because she is dead. <laughs> so yeah, which I don't know who did that. Probably her dad. Probably her dad. Um, and so after that, the inheritance just went, and then they didn't have any money left. And so Amelia was forced to sell her beloved plane. <gasps> no, the canary. The canary. Aww. Um, um, to get some money, and then right after that, her sinus problem returned. Oh gosh. Which led to an, her being ho- hospitalized. Hospitalized. Um, French. <laughs> later that year. Um, for another unsuccessful operation, oh, and great. knowing the American healthcare system, I bet that wasn't cheap. No. Great. Um, so then after that, she and her mother took the new car that she bought with the money from the canary, I guess, um, which she called the Yellow Peril, Aww, which is also cute. I think if I recall, it might be yellow now. Maybe. Yeah. On a little road trip um, from California yeah. around America to Boston. Where they finally stopped, and she had another slightly more successful operation. So I don't have much more. Her nose still leaked every time she flew. So Didn't they just glue her nostril shut or something. Pretty sure he still needs to breathe. <laughs> yeah, and also it might just sort of go out the other nostril <laughs> or explode. Yeah, yeah, it might explode. Get infected. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. While she was. Still in Boston, she ro- ro- enrolled in Columbia University. If that isn't in Boston, don't at me. Would <laughs> be in Columbia? You'd think. Is there a Columbia in America? Yeah, like wait, Columbia's in North America or South America. It's one of the North and South Americas. <laughs> Cut this out. We don't know anything about geography. Okay. I think it's. Just don't South say it. Just don't <laughs> right. I mean, we know geography. Yes, we do. America. Uh-huh. Geography. Yes, Texas is in the South. Yeah. Well, well. Um, she <laughs> then enrolled in Columbia University after being forced to drop out. She didn't enroll after she was forced to drop out. She then in- enrolled in Columbia University for a bit until she was forced to drop out due to lack of funds. Because they're broke. Um, yep. She found work as a social worker uh, <laughs> in 1925 yep. in Metford, Massachusetts. Murray! Let's <laughs> try again. Massachusetts. Got it. While there, um, she entered the American Aeronautical Society, where she was later voted to be the vice president of the Boston chapter. Wow. Go Good for her. her. I don't know why it was Boston. Is Massachusetts in Boston? I think so. Yeah, Boston, Massachusetts. I thought Massachusetts was a state. Yeah, no, Massachusetts is a state. Is Boston in Massachusetts? Well, you sound so dumb. I don't... Boston... Boston is a place. It says the Boston chapter on um, Wikipedia, so... Well, let's pretend we know about that. Okay. In 1928, we've jumped forward a couple of years... In 1928, she received a phone call from Captain Hilton H. Rayleigh, offering her position, offering her the position of the first woman to first woman to fly across the Atlantic. She flew with Wilma Stultz and Louis Garden, or Louis, it might be Louis. 
work. Spell the same as Louis slash Louis Armstrong. Just say Louis. Did you know that Louis slash Louis Armstrong? No one actually knows how to pronounce his first name. Isn't it Louis Armstrong? It, that's apparently only white people call him Louis Armstrong. <laughs> but yeah, that's not actually a fact anyone needs to know. You can cut that out. Go listen to it. I think it's pretty sure you actually want to hear anything about it. Um, what am I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, she was taken as a passenger and had the job of keeping a flight log. Um, apparently she didn't feel like she was really needed on that trip and just kind of felt kind of useless. Um, she's quoted as saying after landing in Wollstone, England, Stoltz did all the flying. Had to. I was baggage, like a sack of potatoes. Maybe someday I'll try, try it alone. Um, so jumping forward past her marriage, which I didn't really care about because marriages are boring as heck. Uh, also her well, book and her clothing line that she made because I was like, this is getting a bit long. I have to get to the flying. Um, her husband. Some guy. Cool. Um, your guy. Let's say they got married. They're up the same Sorry, Elise. Um, <laughs> yeah, Elise. I don't think her name was Elise. <laughs> okay. Speaking. Yeah, so jumping forward to May 20th, 1943, Harbour Grace, which is a great harbour called Grace. She set off from Harbour Grace in Newfoundland, which probably wasn't that new at that point, on a 15-hour flight across the Atlantic. Ooh. Go um, she landed. Not a hour flight. This is her going across the Atlantic by herself. Oh, good for her. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So she didn't want anyone to know about it. She had someone Aww. else, like she had, a, like well, she wanted to be able to do it without the press. Yeah. So right. she could do it without flying into a into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> um, she does that later. Um, oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, spoilers. Um, anyway, so she had a friend of hers, like, distract everyone while she did it. So she did it completely by herself, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> she's like, is that person taking you? Hey, hey guys, look at me! Hey! <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so. <laughs> um, yeah, she went by herself on a 15-hour flight across the Atlantic, where, and then, so she got to, um, Ireland, where she landed in a field in Derry, or London Derry, Derry. Derry, London Derry. Derry, London Derry, um, where she was greeted by a farmhand. Who asked her, have you flown far? And she replied, yeah, yeah, from America. And he was like, Whoa. I don't know what his reaction speaking was. In, like, where, did you, where did she fly? Ireland. They speak. No, they don't. They speak, hey, have you flown far? This meant that she was the first woman. Women. <laughs> what do I keep saying? She's the first women. Ooh, <laughs> She's actually theory. a few people in a very, very cool leather jacket <laughs> that she slept in. Yep. Um, this meant that she was the first woman to fly non-stop across the Atlantic, and she received the Distinguished Flying Cross from Con- from Congress, Aww, um, the Cross of the Knights, and the Legion of or- Honor from the French government. I should say the French accent. The the please the don't offend anyone. And the Legion of Honor from the French government. And sorry, and the gold. Medal of the National Geographic Society from the President Herbert Hoover. Did you know that her first Hoover. name Hoover was Herbert? Well, let's be glad that his name was. But I copied that little bit from Wikipedia because it says ninety-six after the National Geographic Society. So she also did all these things. This is like her all her other solo flights. So she became the first aviator to fly solo from Honolulu, Hawaii. To Hawaii, pronouncing Hawaii wrong. Um, to Oakland, California. Um, 
also from Los Angeles to Mexico City, and at the same time, a non-stop, not the exact same time, just after, the non- a non-stop flight from Mexico City to New York. She also set seven women's speed and distance aviation records from a variety of aircraft. That is pretty gosh darn cool. That's extremely cool. Yeah, she broke more world records than your dude. <laughs> she did only break one, but... Yeah, and she killed those people too. What? What? <laughs> okay, so this is where we reach her well-known world flight. Do you know why it's well known? Because she died. Maybe. That's for me to know and for you to find out. Oh, got it right. Okay. In 1937, Earhart purchased a Lockheed Electra L10E plane. Anyway, and pulled together a fun little crew of (laughs) Captain Harry Manning, who she'd met on a boat. When she was coming back from Ireland, um, Fred Noonan, which is the most adorable name. I'm Fred Noonan. <laughs> and Paul Mance. This is a quote from biography.com. So, the original plan was to take off from Oakland, California, and fly west to Hawaii. From there, the group would fly across the Pacific Ocean to Australia, um, and then they would cross the subcontinent of India onto Africa, and then Florida, and back to California. Cool. So that was their plan. That's a pretty good plan. Um, on March seventeenth, seventeenth, seventeenth. On March seventeenth, <laughs> on March seventeenth, they took off from Oakland and they then landed in Pearl Harbor for repairs, um, because stuff happened. Um, and then as they were taking off, they lost control, and Ooh. she did like a little loop de loop on the plane before Ooh. crashing it into the ground. Ooh. Um, no one was injured, luckily. But the plane had to be sent back to California for repairs. Um, so yeah, they didn't have the plane. So they went back to America, I think. And they were like... <laughs> boat, I guess. Um, probably didn't fly. They're probably a bit shaken after doing <laughs> a loop-de-loop a into the runway. Um, so yeah. After acquiring Funden... Funden? <laughs> after acquiring Funden... Um, <laughs> Earhart and Noonan. The only one of the team was still joining her. Oh, and I don't remember what happened to Jonathan, I'm just like, hmm. Uh, no. Do you that again? He did a loop-de-loop. I think, I think I'm going to do it myself. I don't know hmm. what to do. Anyway, um, he still trusted her, and um, he was like, I'll come with you. And so, yeah. This time, they would fly east due to the weather patterns and wind changes. So, yeah, they had to like change everything. Just before the flight, Amelia said, I have a feeling I- there's just one good flight left in my system, and I hope this trip is it. And it was not. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> foreshadowing. Um, so her plane, the Electra, which is a cute little name for a plane. That's, that's a nice name. So yeah, the plane, the Electra, took off from Miami on June 1st, 1937. The first part of the journey was pretty uneventful. Um, and the whole like flight route thing is on Wikipedia if you want to look at it. It was so long cool. and I couldn't copy and paste it because it was a table and I didn't want to write it all out. So they went places... They went to, like, a bunch of different places and all that. And that's cool. fun. So the first bit, which lasted exactly a month, was pretty good. And then in July, on July 2nd, at 12.30 in the morning, um, still in 1937, should I say that? Yeah. <laughs> they spent a year and a day flying. Yeah. <laughs> um, at midnight... Why did I say it like that? Yeah. They took no. off from Leigh in Papua pa- 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 New Guinea. 
Isn't it normal um, when people say Papua New Guinea? Pa- is it pronounced Papua New Guinea and I'm just saying it wrong? I don't know. I've always pronounced it Papua New Guinea because we've been told that's how we pronounce it. Australia. All right. Yeah. Uh, what do we got? <laughs> um, yeah, so their plan was to fly to Howard Island. Howard? Yes. The middle <laughs> name of my guy. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. It was him. Um, between Hawaii <laughs> and Australia. Um, before leaving, they left behind their parachutes and the shorter ra- wavelength radio to allow for more fuel canisters on board. I'm sure that was a good idea and yep. it, was, it aided them in it their flight. It was not detrimental to their lives at all. Good use of detrimental. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So soon after they set off, their radio antenna was reported to be damaged. Oh dear. Um, the sky was overcast, meaning Noonan couldn't do any of the celestial navigation they planned to be able to find Howard Island, which they relied on like, a lot. <sighs> and then later, Don't people were like having a little bit of an investigation. So, you know, experts um, discovered that the maps they were, were using probably weren't even accurate. Yay. Yep. On the morning of July 2nd, a ship called the Itasca, I'm pretty, I presume it was a ship. No one ever said it was a ship. Probably a ship. Yeah, anyway, they received a message saying, we must be on you, meaning, like, above you, um, but we cannot see you. Fuel is running low, being unable to reach you by radio. We are flying at 1,000 feet. Their last communication was recorded at 8.43 a.m., um, and that was them saying something. The Itasca <laughs> tried to signal them. Signal them. Sorry, the Itasca tried to signal the plane by, like, doing some like diesel thing that ships can do i don't really remember contacting people and mm-hmm. uh, like not them other people yeah obviously and a search began immediately despite a search that costed about four million dollars estimated <gasps> did you just say costed <laughs> despite an estimated four million dollar hunt um, with 66 aircraft and nine ships Oof. the plane and the bodies of amelia Earhart and fred noonan were never recovered Noonan. Okay, here we get. Oh, sorry, that was really loud. Um, here we get to the exciting bit: theories. So yeah, these people are missing, and I mean they're definitely dead by this point, but they're presumed dead at that point as well. Checks out. Um, do you have any guesses what the theories may be? This is like where they may be. Um, like where the ship, not the ship, the plane and their bodies. Oh, uh, Bermuda Triangle. And Bermuda Triangle is very far away. As is Mars. Okay. No, 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 wait. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Okay. It is. Yep. The. Yep. Howard Island Square. The Howard Square. It's a Howard Square. No. They were sucked into the Howard Square. Oh, like how did you know? I'm like, oh no, that's not it. Okay. Okay. So, um, this is the bit where I stopped doing spelling check. So. Yeah. It's going to be great. There's going to be Roll good coaster. spelling. This will be fun. So these are the top three series theories as to where the plane may be, as stated by the National Geographic article that I found. So the first is the open ocean crash near destination, which is the most commonly accepted one because it just kind of makes sense. So they crashed. Um, <laughs> pretty much that they crashed somewhere near Howard Island and yep. that they're there somewhere. That makes um, sense. But... So yeah, Nordico's president, David Jones, found that by studying factors such as Earhart's broken up radio transmissions and what is known about the electric fuel supply that the plane likely crashed close to Howard Island, which, I mean, I hope, because like, they were trying to get there, so it would be nice for them. Am I talking too quietly? I think so, but that's all right. Okay. Um, um, Howard Square. <laughs> yeah. 
the Howard Square. Um, um, right. So, although Sona researched in 2002 Simple. and a follow-up in 2006 and also, like, 2012 or something, mm. never turned up anything. So they never found any planes or bodies Ooh, or anything like that. aliens. So, yeah. The next possibility <gasps> is... Just moved. <laughs> that was your computer. You lent on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's okay. move on. <laughs> so, the second theory is um the... I don't know how to pronounce this. Nikumaroro uh, Island theory. Nikumaroro? Nikumaroro? Okay, yeah. The Nikumaroro Island theory. Please don't at me <laughs> some believe that the plane landed on nicomaro island um which is about 350 nautical miles from a howard island that i didn't look up so oh, you know, it could be close it could be far away i have no idea how, how long a nautical mile is anyway um <laughs> so yeah radio operators received about 57 messages which possibly maybe could have been from Earhart. Possibly, but it um, might have been from the ship that there was. <laughs> yeah. Um, if this is true, the plane um, was likely to be intact, which here I wrote airhead and the new man <laughs> um, likely took shelter um, from the hot sun inside of the plane. Yeah. Um, eventually, the island would have been covered by water and the plane would have been pulled away or broken up and, or sunk in the water. I think just where the plane would have landed it would have been not the whole island yeah <laughs> um okay but yeah um so tra- any trans the possible transmission ceased on july 13th now this is where it gets like i was listening to this and i was like or reading this and i was like this is kind of like no like i don't think this is right this is kind of dumb um and i i still think it's the first theory but still it's interesting it's a possibility because okay. Um, when colonists landed on the island, they later reported finding aeroplane parts, which yep. like matched up, I think, with the Electra's things, okay. as well as the remains of a campfire with human bones buried next to it, Ooh. as well as two pairs of shoes, men's pair and a women's pair, and navigational equipment, as I spelt it. Um, That's sort of right. Apparently it's wrong, according to my Google Doc, um, <laughs> including a sextant. Um, yeah. So <laughs> this bit makes me mad. The bones were shipped to Fiji and measured, and then promptly lost. They just lost them. They Yay. lost. They lost a whole set of bones. It's like, oh, I actually threw out the human bones, not the chicken bones. Like a whole ass set of bones. <laughs> right. Well done to them. Uh, what's next? Um, yeah. So, but the measurements taken suggest that they would have could have been a woman of Earhart's size and build. Yeah, I still um, think it's the th- first, theory, first theory, but, like, it's pretty... It's something. Yeah. And also, the food... The way they were eating the food, suggest, like, didn't match up with how anyone else, like, living in that area ate the food. Like, the natives of, like, that island and, like, what, they that used, area. They like, cutlery or something. Like, oh, they... The way they cut open mussels and, like, they didn't eat the heads of the fish or something like that. Um, I, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Picky. Anyway, this last one, I don't believe. It's a bit conspiracy. Like, literally, the title was The Marshall Islands Conspiracy. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, okay. So, the theory is that Newman and Earhart landed on the Marshall Islands, which were con- controlled by Japan at the time, where they were captured under the assumption that they were, that they were spies. 
It's believed that they're either killed or returned to the US under fake identities. <gasps> Ooh, they could so be alive still today. alive. At the age of 150. Um, this actually has like a pretty big, like, like a lot of people believe it, so I'm not gonna like say too many bad things about it. Yeah. I don't think it's dumb. I just like see, I think it's unlikely. But yeah, the idea is that um when they couldn't find Island Howard Island like landed there, where the government had like set up for them to pick be picked up. It's a bit government conspiracy, but like yeah, right. the apparently the government was gonna come pick them up and return them to the US. Okay. Um, and then that backfired when a message was intercepted and they were captured. Right. So yeah. Okay. I don't know. There are a bunch of like documentaries about it if you like think like want right. to like look into that theory. So. But captured and killed by Japan seems a bit. You know. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so. That's Amelia Earhart. Good. Um, that was yeah. a good report. Yeah. Rosa, I really do you think, what do you think happened to them? I think they just sunk and they're in the bottom of the ocean somewhere. I still believe my Howard Square thing. Yeah. Aliens? Definitely. Yeah. Aliens I think ate them. that her husband, your guy, I always forget his name, Doot, Doot. I believe that Doot saved her. James Doolittle? Doot. Yep. Doot and Noodle became best friends. <laughs> Newman, not Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Noodle. So yes, yeah. that were they were our reports. I yes. hope you enjoyed them. Yes. Um, we recorded an hour and thirty minutes of this. Yep. And half of it's probably gonna be cut out. Yeah. I so, really hope this isn't gonna be an hour and thirty minute long podcast. No, it's gonna be about forty minutes. <laughs> but yeah. um, our information was actually accurate. I'd like to point out. <laughs> what do and you if mean? If you don't How think do it was that? accurate. <laughs> Um, we have sources. Um, oh yeah, because you know we're um, teenagers, people. You know we're you not the most reliable people, but we didn't plagiarize. Yeah, I actually put mine into a plagiarism generator. It was five percent, and the five percent was from a different thing, and we just happened to say the exact same thing. I did not mind, and mine it wasn't even about the same person. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I didn't put mine into a plagiarism generator. Um, yeah. I, I did write things in the same order as some things, but every time I realised I was doing that, I went to a different website. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. that a little bit. Um, so yes, all all the like references and stuff will be in the description. There aren't that many. I only yeah. use like three websites in the end, but yeah, yeah. I used a few. Um, if you want to fact check it, you, you can, can do that. Yeah. Look, um, you know, don't rely on us for yeah. anything. But yeah, um, um, we don't have a social media for us to follow us on because it's no. our first episode yeah um, also first episode by the way i feel like there's gonna yeah. be a lot of podcasts being put out <laughs> right yeah. now like everyone's just bored in quarantine it's like yeah. hey guys welcome there's to gonna be crafting a... with jess <laughs> sounds like a good podcast i'd, I'd watch listen. crafting with jess there's no um, visual element yeah <laughs> and now you fold the paper in half like which way <laughs> jess which way jessica please tell me <laughs> um so yeah go tune into crafting with jess Wednesdays, 9pm. Crafting with Jess. Let's see. I'm going to keep talking, distract you. Um, Yeah, so we really hope you enjoyed this podcast. We really do. And if if you hated it, please don't give us a bad review. Yeah, don't review us. Um, If you loved it. Please review us. Give us five stars. (laughs) We want to be famous. We don't want to be famous. Don't make us famous, please. Um, We hope you enjoyed the intro that we haven't recorded yet. Yeah, the music that we recorded. Uh-huh, totally. Yep. Intro music by us when we record it. Yes. In the far, far future. Editing by yours truly. Yeah. Editing by Rosa. Um, send um, love 
her way. If you don't like it, um, you can go be sad about it. Yeah, I don't care about you. I'm kidding. I love you. We love you. If you're listening to this and you live in Cairo, I don't know. Hi. Just, hi, what's up? I know you don't live in Cairo. You're There's lying no to us. There's no podcast called Crafting with Jess. So if you want to make a podcast called Crafting with Jess and you live in Cairo, go ahead. We all will listen to it. You don't have to live in Cairo to do it. You can just do it anyway. I just really want to know someone that lives in Cairo. So cool. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. keep talking for this Okay, sorry. In, so we're ending it. Okay, so thanks to thanks to us for recording our theme song that hasn't been made yet. Um, um, thank you to for listening. Rosa for editing. <laughs> and, and Mari for just being there. Yeah, just talking while I was trying to talk. Um, yeah. And so, yes. Also, we apologise for the sound quality again. Yes, we're sorry. We don't have a microphone that works. If we hit 100 listens, we'll buy ourselves a new microphone. Car. Microphone. We'll buy <laughs> everybody a microphone. We'll buy you all. We're not, not going to earn money pop. from this. We're not <laughs> we might. We might. We'll put a sponsor in the middle. All right. Audible, hit Ooh. us up. Um, I mean, we're probably going to use Anchor to upload this. Yeah, Anchor. Um, Go make a podcast with them. Don't. We don't want any competition. Get out. I'm going to have to edit this in We're deleting every other podcast in the world just so that this is the only one you can listen to. Yeah, so get ready for that. And we are rambling once again. Goodbye. Goodbye.